Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or a girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary, void, or prohibited by law. 18+. plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. You're listening to Broncos for Breakfast with Nick Kendall and Scott Kennedy. Welcome in, welcome in. It is Thursday morning. It's once again time for the Scott and Nick show, uh, the 20th time this week. Good morning, good morning, everybody. <laughs> Scott, are you sick of me yet? Absolutely not. Ah, don't it's lie. A, it's a good thing you're easy to get along with. I usually like to say like about any group I'm in. I'm like I'm 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 the hard one to deal with. So if you can deal with me, the rest is easy. So Nick, piece of cake, man. I typically am the uh, the peacekeeper or the uh, you know like come on, let's keep going. It's all good, blah blah blah. Um, but uh, no, it's a lot of fun hanging out and a lot of fun hanging out with everybody in the chat as well. Good morning. This is obviously Broncos for breakfast, and as our as our usual show here for Scott and I in the mornings, we're live every Monday, Tuesday, and Thursday at seven thirty Mountain Time for your morning drive for your coffee. Or for some of you folks listening to us in the shower. I mean, God, you have your portable devices. God bless you. Hygiene's important. But uh, let's <laughs> say hello to some people in the chat coming in. Here we got Money More coming in over on YouTube. He says, good morning. I may or may not have misread the title as super laxative. Well, uh, hopefully we don't have any of that. That's what the Broncos have been the last few seasons. Uh, speaking of... <laughs> Yes, uh, absolutely. <laughs> the coffee is uh, thank you, Patrick. Yeah, Patrick came in last night. I don't know if he listens to the morning shows after the fact, but man, thank you so much. I'm about to finish my um, macadamia macadamia nut uh, vanilla. So good, and I'm gonna be backpacking this week. I'm gonna take another one. I don't. I haven't decided which one yet. I'm gonna let the uh, the wife decide. But so, so yeah, good. the Lion Coffee folks, check it out. Like I said, it's not a paid ad. It's just a thank you for uh, for taking care of us. LionCoffee.com. Good stuff. Good stuff. Yes, sir. Jeremy Sean coming in saying good morning. It's been a while since you two have gotten together. You know, Twelve hours or so about. And we 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 text and you know, tweet at each other sometimes as well. So Scott and I are in communication. We uh we got football things to talk about. Um, Clee coming. We've never actually met face to face. No, opposite you coast. Man. It's like I feel like Nick's one of my best friends these days. <laughs> We're hanging We've out. We've actually met face to face. We will though. That'll happen this year. Yeah, eventually we got uh, Clee coming in. Saying, "How about them Rockies? No idea. Um, did they win last night? Uh, I know the Cardinals Braves, are baby Braves. Braves, Braves are on not... heater again. They uh, they play about five hundred, then they go on a nine and one run, and they're in the middle of one of those runs right now. So 
reeling in the Mets. Um, yeah. Let's let Two the games. Mets and the Dodgers deal with one another in a wild card round. Yeah. Let the winner face off the defending world champions. That sounds fair to me. That does sound fair. And I'm uh, Cardinals three and a half games up, five games up, something like that, to beating up on the Cubs, which is always fun. And I'm actually flying back to uh, St. Louis area uh, Memorial Day weekend because my dad got tickets behind home plate for the Cardinals Cubs. So look for me in that game. I'll be <laughs> square behind home plate. Um, yeah, exactly. Uh, but uh, we got uh, Chris Jenkins coming in saying good morning, Broncos family. Good morning to you, Chris. Hope you're doing well. Uh, we got uh, our guy Dave Glassman, of course, in the house with the hearts and the stars, I'm sure. I know Dave was running low there, but Dave, I'm just assuming, man, you always are helping us out, so we appreciate you. Mark Coleman coming in. Good morning to you. And Clee saying super laxative coffee, pest, ducalax, um, dulcalax. Uh, I don't know. Every time I think of laxatives, I think of a uh, dumb and dumber. I was so, going to say, uh, it was, I think that was going in his coffee. You know, drink, drink up, yep. drink up. So good. Still one of the, <laughs> I mean, bathroom humor is just funny. You know, one of the yeah. hardest I've laughed in my entire lives was that scene, you know? Yeah. <laughs> it won't flush. <laughs> God, that's a great flush movie. Bastard. Some of it filmed in uh, Estes Park, Colorado. It's a little fun fact. The same uh, hotel, the hotel lobby that, uh, where he's like, we landed on the moon. That part, that's in the Stanley Hotel, which is the one that Stephen King based The Shining no off of. Way. So, so good. Oh, man, you probably, I don't know, it's worth going back and finding Jim Carrey on In Living Color if you haven't mm. seen some of his stuff. I mean, Fire that Marshall. show was freaking hilarious. It just yeah. didn't have the NBC backing, I guess. But, you know, the Wayans Brothers, um, Jim Carrey on their, you know, in their youngest probably most coked out primes <laughs> probably <laughs> that it was it was god that show was funny is that the one where he was the fire marshal yes one of one of that, many uh the men okay. on film just kills me yeah. um the, lots it was a that was a that show was awesome i definitely have seen As, the fire uh, marshal Chris says that show was awesome <laughs> <laughs> good times uh we got uh pappy savvy Papa Savvy coming in 21 on Twitch uh, saying good morning, Nick and Scott. Hello. It's been a second since we I feel like we've had a Twitch. Uh, hello. So uh, good morning to you. Hope you're doing well. Um, we got Chris saying put a replica helmet to my ear like a seashell. I could hear the sounds of winning this season. I love that. <laughs> That's a lot of fun. <laughs> Let's ride. Cheers. Um, I hear it. <laughs> um, good, Greg Smith. Good morning, Broncos for breakfast. And we got some extra emojis going this morning. The steak, the eggs, the pancakes, the waffle and the coffee. God bless. All we need is a little sunshine and we're good to go. Um, Michaela in the house too over on YouTube. Always love to say hello to our Mile High Huddle ladies. Good morning to you. Good morning. Good morning. Mark Schrader in the house. Uh, coming up, man. Been thinking about you sending good vibes. Uh, I know you got your things coming up. I guess you shared it on here, but uh, you can share again if you want. But thinking about you, man. And then hopefully, <laughs> God, I, I don't even know. Good vibes. Um, Brad D in the house too. Good morning. Uh, Scott, Nick, Dylan from Big Sky Bronco Country up there in Montana. Beautiful. And the Rockies are terrible. They lost 16 to 4. Okay. Well, Chris Jenkins says go Braves. Greg Smith. Was it really 16 to 4? I think the Braves won 16 to 4 yesterday, ironically. 14 to 2. All right. Those even numbers, once you start getting to double digits, I, I get confused. Yeah. No, it's uh, getting up there. So. God, that's baseball's we're, we're approaching the fun time of baseball season, at least for sorry, Rocky fans, for some of us. Um, Howie freaking day coming in saying, hey, fellas, who do you think the Broncos could trade away for draft picks and who will stay on the practice squad? Whiteouts mostly. OK, this is a good one. Um, I see we got a super chat coming in, too, but let's get to mm -hmm. this. Uh, Howie freaking day first, because uh, it might be stars. Howie supports us sometimes as well. Also, Howie day is 
great name. Um, most likely to be traded away for draft picks. The names that I've heard um, and make sense to me is the Broncos seem to have a plethora of level three or four edge rushers. So I could see them trading away one of those edge rushers. And obviously Nick Benito has been a mixed bag so far in preseason, but you have Malik Reed on the end of his contract. Who's a solid contributor, but seems to be fourth in the pecking order. And Jonathan Cooper, who played well last season, uh, seems like a good player, but I mean, how many edge rushers can you possibly keep? And he's also not the special teams co- contributor that uh, Aaron Patrick is who, who again, I keep being told Aaron Patrick, like that seems like a name that the Broncos fans are sleeping on, but the team is not. So those two edge rushers, Malik Reed and Jonathan Cooper, are two that stick out to me as possibly being traded mm. away for draft picks. I kind of like the wide receiver room, honestly. Mm. <clears throat> we had a, a discussion is the are we overhyping the wide receivers? Maybe, you know, maybe mm. not. We'll see. But by that same token, I think there's good depth. So you might not have the the supernova that you're you're expecting in Cortland Sutton or Jerry Judy to be an all pro type, but there's talent all the way down through. So you know, could Seth Williams be moved? Could Kendall Hinton be moved? Uh, Tyree Cleveland, Brandon Johnson, you know, becoming a preseason, a preseason favorite type and then yeah. gets flipped for a draft pick. Um, so I think a, a wide receiver could be in that in that one, too. And, and that's what Howie says is wideouts yeah. mostly. So if, if someone were to move and then and then there's some things you just don't know, like, yeah. you know, when those back end guys, it's tough to tell because you don't know what people are. You really don't know what they're worth. Had a couple of moves like that last uh, this time last year uh, with a wide receiver and a cornerback, and mm-hmm. you know they kind of come out of nowhere. So we'll see, but that, that's where I I went with you, Howie. I'd keep an eye on the wide receivers. Yeah, as far as uh, practice squad goes, some names that I think I would keep an eye on. Uh, you have v- Jalen Virgil, who just seems like he's knocking on the door there um, for that position, but I don't know if he's going to make the squad because he seems to be behind uh, Brandon Brand- Brandon Johnson. Tyree Cleveland's another special teams guy that might make it. I'm curious to see what happens with, uh, oh gosh, the rookie Luke Wattenberg. He seems to be right on the borderline there. Uh, hopefully he makes it, but I could see him going down. Uh, same with Matt Henningsen being a six-round pick. Although right now with how the defensive line is shaping up, he's been like one of the few who have stood out in a positive way. So um, him, I think Mauga, a linebacker, a college free agent, they keep keeping him around from USC. Uh, he's kept on the roster instead of Joe Schobert. So he seems like a practice squad eligible guys. Uh, and then you have, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, Fayon Hicks and uh, Delair and Turner yell. Both of those guys seem like practice squad possible. Pretty much everybody from the fifth round on, besides Montreal Washington, uh, as uh, draft picks, probably could be heading that way. Um, we got David Cromello, 999, David Decrom. Thank you so much. Saying it may be the cynical SOB inside me, David. You are can be cynical sometimes, um, but I have a feeling the Broncos might just might start two and six. Oh, that sounds I guess, I guess it's possible, but uh, that is the cynical SOB um, thoughts. Also, losing Tyron Smith can be catastrophic for the Cowboys, don't you think? Yeah, Tyron Smith suffered an injury similar to Mackay Becton. They're going to be putting Tyler Smith, the rookie over there now. And uh, man, that Cowboys offense is going to be not as good. Did that happen yesterday, Nick? I hadn't seen that news yet. The news came out this morning. My phone was okay. flurrying. Yeah, I hadn't, right before I hadn't the show. seen that yet. I was no. doing some other things and hadn't perused Twitter so much as opposed to checking on. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or a girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. 
Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Well, Broncos. Yep. Yep. No, but just happened. As far as the Broncos starting two and six, let me pull up the schedule. I just think the Broncos. I've got it in front of me, Nick. Okay. Yeah, I've got it in front of me. Um, You know, you start off at Seahawks. You know, if they say, and my my thought on this is if if there is a two and six start, that's what's going to be catastrophic because the season only gets harder. Now we talk about, does this team need time to gel? We've had that discussion, you know, and made all kinds of Magellan jokes. Or am I gelling? You're gelling. We're all gelling. Uh, and it comes together. But if you start two and six, you're not making the playoffs. The, the schedule, mm-hmm. the back end of the schedule is much harder than the front end. Yeah. But, you know, you look at this and you're like, at Seahawks, okay, my cynicalism is away game. They're up. Want to put it on Russell Wilson. But still, it's it's a – that'll be one of the bigger favored teams on the, on the week, uh, pushing seven points. Texans at home, okay, there's a dub. 49ers at home. That one's close. And I think what I said was I, I kind of picked in these three right here where it was 49ers, Raiders, Colts. They're all they're all winnable games. Two of them are at home. The 49ers and Colts are at home. And then I think during the when we went through the schedule, I think I had all three as wins because I think each team will be favored, but I don't think they'll win all three, if, no. if that makes sense. Meaning if I had to pick each game individually, I'd say the Broncos will win this game. But – if you have a 75% chance of win, basic statistics, sorry, is 0.75 times 0.75 times 0.75, you end up with about a 25% chance to win all three of those games. So it, it's not going to happen. So one of those is going to be a loss. Uh, at Chargers, let's go ahead and just pencil that one in for a loss. Uh, Jets, at, you know, just being cynical. Jets at home, that should be a win. Jet at Jaguars at Titans. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, eight to Jaguars. There's no way they're losing to the Jaguars, Jets, Texans, and Seahawks, and then going, you know, going two and two against those guys, and then 0 and four against the rest of their schedule. Just not gonna happen. No way. I, I would say that the floor of the beginning of the season, as long as Key contributors stay healthy. Always have to have that stupid caveat, but it's football. Four and four. Um, you could have, I think four and four is possible, but two and six, I just don't see. Um, but it's football, man. Crazy things happen. This is a team that's wide variance. You know, it could happen. Um, Benjamin Hayward coming in saying, Good morning. Do you guys think the Broncos come in the Super Bowl this year? Going from cynical SOB David, no, <laughs> to uh, Benjamin. Uh, Broncos could win the Super Bowl this year. Um, I'm very much a believer of if you are hot, healthy, and you have the quarterback in the Super Bowl. Anything can happen. Um, we've seen it the last decade. Most of the time, it's, you know, Tom Brady or a Hall of Fame quarterback, which the Broncos do have, but 
Sometimes it's just, you know, you get in, you're hot and you're healthy. We've seen the Eagles do it. We've seen, unfortunately, uh, in 2012, the Ravens do it. Uh, Broncos, if they get in, defense is playing well, run game, you know, cold weather, ball bounces their way. It can certainly happen, but they just they have to <laughs> clear that first hurdle, which is making the playoffs. Some of the questions you have <clears throat> need to be answered in the awesomely affirmative. Randy Gregory and Brandy and uh, Brandy, Brandy, <laughs> Randy Gregory and Bradley Chubb will have a lot to say about to answer this question. If those guys become the, the Colorado sack exchange, you got a chance. You yeah. got a chance because I think you've got the quarterback. Uh, you, the offense will be there now. Will will you have enough big plays on defense? Can you get? Can you beat? Can your defense win games for you? Last year, uh, you know, Fangio's whole philosophy was don't lose the game. So he played the, the defense played not to lose. This defense has the talent, and I think they're going to have the aggression to play to win some games as well. Yeah. So uh, Nick and I talked a little bit about this week. We've talked about everything uh, from snow cones to puppies and stuff. Uh, so we've hit about everything already this week, but... Most teams that get into the playoffs that are in the final eight have a quarterback. So the differentiator mm -hmm. there for me then becomes who are your difference makers on defense? Yeah. Who are your guys that can win a game on defense? And right now for me, the Broncos have four of those guys on paper. Pat Sertan, Justin Simmons, Bradley Chubb, Randy Gregory. Yeah. That's that's more than most. So yeah. if, if it's for me, it's not the offense that's going to dictate this. It's going to be the defense. Yeah, and uh, I'm just going to say X-Factor on this one. Uh, Draymond Jones may be a difference maker as well up there. I, he's He seems like a man on a mission this year, and he's hunting for that contract. Uh, Glenn Hare coming in saying, Morning, fellas. Either of you make it to the Week 3 meet and greet. Scott will be, I shall not. I'm having family come into Seattle. So well, Here's uh, good news. Yes. Gary, Gary comes in and he said, I will, but you weren't asking me. I'm asking. I'm asking. So if you're going to be there, that's, awesome. that's uh, awesome. I haven't booked my flight yet. I do have a hotel booked trying to decide if I want to come in Sunday morning because leaving from East coast, I can be there at you know 9 AM without leaving at a, a crazy hour. That was what was always kind of cool about going skiing in Salt Lake city. It's like I could leave Atlanta and be on the slopes by noon in park city. That was pretty sweet. Yeah. Um, so I'm glad to hear Gary's going to be there and yes, I'm planning on being there. God, that should be a great game. I'm excited for you guys. Um, Reese Scott coming in. What's up, MHH? Heading to Colorado this weekend. So stoked. Love Colorado. Beautiful state. Beautiful, beautiful. Love the mountains. Please saying, did I wake up and Drew Locke is the quarterback again? No, I don't know what's going on there. The super laxatives maybe doing that to you. Um, <laughs> Dom coming Wait, did in. I put in the wrong uh, cover on the when I when I updated the cover. I'm like, I'm pretty sure I used the the Russell Wilson cover on YouTube. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, careful of the super laxatives, man. You don't want that. Dom coming in. Good morning, Nick and Scott in Broncos country. Do you guys think Billy, Randy, and KJ will be ready for Week One? Yes, yes, and yes. I think you might be a little bit limited for Billy and Randy. Uh, KJ, I think will be. Oh, this is KJ Hamler, not Kareem Jackson. Uh, either way, I think, yes, all of them will be ready for week one, but I don't think it's going to be, you know, fully immersed in the season. They're going to be rotational, with the exception of maybe Billy Turner, because uh, he's the offensive line. You don't really typically see rotations on the offensive line. But Randy and KJ, I think, you know, dip their toe in the water. Uh, that was one of the each each one of those players was asked about yesterday at the press conference. And Nathaniel Hackett had good news. And, and he is one of the more optimistic coaches you know mm -hmm. not just for now we'll see coming along yeah. uh we'll, you know we'll, i'm not a doctor I, I hear that one a lot i'm not a doctor so i can't tell you but you know we're, we're hoping so 
um, he was very positive on all of those guys and, and said that KJ could actually see time this weekend, which would be spectacular. Mm-hmm. Um, Billy Turner has plenty of time if he's ready now to go full contact, plenty of time to get ready. You know, there's yep. there's this week and a bye, you know, so you basically have three full weeks of practice for him. That's plenty of time for a right tackle to be game ready. And then uh, I, I kind of get the feeling if it was time to go right this minute, Randy Gregory might be ready to go. Yeah. Um, so it's getting close. All all good things. All, all good news yesterday on the players that you're asking about their dom. Yeah, 100%. Gary leads Palmer GLP with the stars. Thank you so much, Gary. We appreciate you. He says, good morning, Nick and Scott. I would bet against two and six. Just saying. Go Broncos and let's ride. Yeah, if anybody wants to give me the money line on the Broncos starting two and six, hit me up uh, at Nick Kendall MHH. That would be awesome odds for uh, for myself. Not even I don't I'm not playing in the Super Bowl parade, but I think this is a team that probably at worst is finishing 500 and to finish 500. You have to start the season probably closer. As uh, Brad says, Broncos have to start the season four and two or playoffs will be tough. I think four and two. Well, is way and you've heard me say before, Nick, when I hear some of these takes that are just like hot takes for the sake of being hot takes. If someone, if a national pundit comes out and wants to say two and six on national TV, the standing offer of a year's salary is there. If they, <laughs> they start two and six, your salary, put your money where your mouth is. Otherwise, don't just say stuff to hear yourself talk and get the get the reaction. It's dishonest. Yeah. Although Otherwise, content creation, baby. Cool. I'm, not hard, I'm not hard to find. I'll put a year's salary on a two and six record. That's uh I will not. Um <laughs> don't I'm not a betting man like him that. Uh Bama X coming in. Good morning, Broncos Country. Good to see you. Uh Bama X. We got Benjamin Flores. Morning. Finally remember to get in early. Hell yeah, Ben. Um always at the gym at this hour. Go Broncos. Well, hopefully we're you know pumping you up. You know, some people really like the <laughs> the hardcore music. I typically listen to uh, uh, adventure podcast or like disaster stuff or football stuff. Um, there's some really good content creators out there in the scheme side of things, which mine, uh, mine's a little different. Mine's a, a little, a little angrier and a little faster than that. Uh, I was thinking, and, and for, um, Oh, what's the name of the song by Lincoln park? Uh, given up, I think might be it. It's just, that might be the single best cardio song there is. Like if you're riding a bike, especially, it's it's just got that rhythmic hmm. beat to it, and then it's got an angry yell that goes on for like ninety seconds that you need to climb a hill. So, yeah. um, I might not listen to us at the gym either, Nick. <laughs> I'm typically doing cardio or something. But uh, one point one, or excuse me, Divine Comedy says one point one yard per carry says the OL room is bad as people thinks the Seahawks offensive line will be. I think the two tackles have looked solid in pass protection, but the run game is questionable. And now you have Kenneth Walker's dealing with a hernia. Uh, Rashad Penny is going to be out. This is a team that the Broncos two teams. Honestly, we have two teams coming up here where the Broncos front seven run defense, run defensive woes uh, should hopefully get ironed out. If these two teams run on you, it should be a, you know, butthole clenching moment uh, for the Broncos this season where it's like, uh Oh, we are in serious bleep if we can't stop the run against these two teams. Well, let me, let me take a look at this. So on, uh, on snaps, um, Miners did get a little bit of time. So, cause my initial thought on this miners, 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 I can't even find miners on here. Where the hell is miners? Glasgow miners there. Miners took 13 snaps. So I guess it's uh, a good thing that the offensive line that the Broncos plan on throwing out there have only seen 13 snaps yeah. in the preseason so far. So we don't know, you know, again, yeah. I've said I'm willing to jump to some conclusions, draw some conclusions of what I've seen. And that one is the interior line depth. The second team interior line needs help. 
need, need another body in there. Yeah. I'm not willing to make a, a, a reaction or a judgment or a conclusion on the offense at all. We yeah. haven't seen it. We haven't seen the offense. Divine Comedy is talking about the Seahawks offensive line here. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary, void, or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. I'm not the the. Is that what I just read? Yes. The 1.1 says this OL room is as bad as people think the Seahawks OL will be. So we're at 1.1. Oh, oh, we're, we're the 1.1 Broncos. I'm 1. 1. 1. So they think yes. It's saying that the the Broncos OL is as bad as people think the Seahawks OL is. Well, we haven't seen the OL yet. Yeah, we haven't seen we've, the running backs. We've seen minors for for two series. Yeah, and the offensive line, the run game looked as good as it possibly could when Mike Boone was out there in that Buffalo game. He made some things happen. So. Um, yeah, the Broncos offensive line depth is not great considering the injuries as well. That's hurting the team, but uh, I would not be too worried just yet. So sorry, I misread your comment there, Divine. Um, Scott got me on there. Chase coming in saying, I'm sick of you two already, JK. I'm sick of me too. I'm getting line behind my wife. Looking. One <laughs> yeah. of my favorite lines. It was a funny, I've told you that before from from uh, 50 Blind Dates. Yes. When they introduce, he introduces, you're kind of, he's kind of your boyfriend, dear. And Adam 50 Sandler first says, dates. Sorry, I'm not better looking. Yeah. That's that's a good one. Um, although, man, how tra- traumatic. Um, Kwame coming in saying, let's go Broncos. Good to see you, Kwame. Um, we got a bunch of people saying they're going to the game. Dom's going to be there week three. Mm-hmm. Uh, Glenn saying, looking forward to meeting both you guys and Scott and Gary. That'll be great. Um, we also got uh, Rob Bucksbaum coming in saying, good morning, gents. The go Broncos and let's ride. Hashtag Nashville. Uh, great time. We got Kevin Gray. Morning, guys. Uh, any questions about gelling, Kevin? No. Uh, Nick and Scott listening to my favorite pod. Man too nice we appreciate you kevin that's really really nice um albert knoppers good morning to you and benjamin howard saying the denver ol will surprise you this year uh well this is a good lead into what we're going to get into here today but first cream gomez coming in saying morning guys dominican coffee in my cup Ooh, that sounds good in football discussion great start to my day off heck yeah cream that sounds like a great time um well, thanks, everybody, for joining us. We finally caught up on the chat, and if you have any others, we'll get into it. But uh, Scott and I decided that you know it's a good – since we've done so many shows, we already covered the press conferences yesterday, yada, yada. Um, I wanted to talk a little bit of superlatives here just to kind of get a temperature check on the roster uh, this season. So Scott and I, we have the list, but we haven't talked about who each other think it's going to be. So I'm guessing 
I don't know if it'll be the, to the extent where Carl and I always have the same answer to these things. Um, but I'm guessing Scott and I will have that. And we'll, there might be a couple moments where we have to like pivot. Like I say a player and Scott's like, well, that's who I was going to say. So I'm going to go with blah, but um, getting into it, Scott, I'll, I'll put it up for you first on a T the 2022 regular season Broncos MVP. Who's that going to be? I mean, <clears throat> you're hoping it's going to be Russell Wilson. Yeah. You know, the, the quarterback gets the, the quarterback gets, too much of the credit and too much of the blame. You've got a bona fide Q rating star quarterback coming in. Um, the biggest difference between these two teams is on the sidelines. Mm -hmm. These two teams being this year and last year on the sidelines and under center. So this team goes from seven and 10 to 10 and seven or better. It's a lot of it's going to be on the head coach. A lot of it's going to be on, on the quarterback. You got to say Russell Wilson should be the MVP of this team. Yeah. Um, definitely offense, like, defense to, to change it up a little bit. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, we have offensive player of the year and defensive player of the year. Typically MVP is just best quarterback these days, which right. the word is our most valuable player and the quarterbacks are the most valuable players. Um, I'm going to go with the uh, MVP of the, of the team being Patrick Sertan. I think right now, if I was like making the Broncos roster and like rating them on Madden it, without the, the value aspect mm -hmm. in it, you know, just the overall rating for their position. I think the highest rated player I would say would be Patrick Sertan. Uh, he's... Had, a, <clears throat> had a discussion about that way back in the day. Uh, my friend Miller Seyfried, who works over at ESPN now, we, in, uh, a guy is a brain surgeon now, Myron Roll. You may remember him. And we were discussing who are we going to put at the very top? And he goes, I don't know that he's the best prospect. I think he's the best talent. And it kind of took me a second for that to click. And he's like, this is exactly what you're talking about. If I'm, if I'm saying if I'm ranking them based on their their Madden rating, you know, he's a 99, but he was a safety. And, you know, I'm like, you know, I can't put a safety as the number one prospect. And that's mm -hmm. kind of what you're talking about. If I'm sorting by talent, by their Madden rating, the number one guy is going to be Pat Sertan. So that's, I, you know, and then, so. then, then it kind of started started making sense for me a little bit. Yeah. Uh, he's, I think the linchpin of the defense, uh, if he goes down, the defense goes from potential top 10 to probably almost certainly bottom 10, unfortunately. And, uh, he is, I think he's in line for a huge season, a year two, typically you see a big jump for the cornerback position. He's only going to be 22 years old this year. Uh, you have a defense that's going to be hunting more, hopefully playing with a lead more often. I think teams are going to either stop throwing at him or uh, throw at him and he's going to get his get some turnover production. So uh, I'm really excited to see what uh, uh, Patrick Scratane can do this season and see if he even starts to get the Jalen Ramsey treatment, not from opposing offenses, but from Ivaro, who they're moving mm -hmm. around. He was in the slot. He was outside. And essentially they would play him, even though it's match quarters uh, zone coverage, he's essentially an island cornerback. They rotate the, the coverage elsewhere with the single high with the two high pre-snap the uh, old Deion Sanders line I've got this guy I circle yep. him the rest of y'all do your thing no and and what you're what you're talking about is just moving them around you see that a lot with uh with edge rushers hmm. you know lining them up all over the place so you can't really scheme where he's going to line up every single time do that with a defensive back too with with yep. that you know make sure that I know that okay Sertan's going to be on this guy so I need to I'm going to run a play that's going to get this side of the field open oh crap I came out now they're over here I need audible and so yes moving them around and using them as that wild card on defense makes a lot of sense I'm really curious to see how they use him especially with Kwan Williams being such a pure guy but leading into it how much they can move Sertan is probably going to depend on this question uh, with Ojemudu being out do you think that puts even more strain on the defense would cornerback be more important than the defensive line I think they're they're different kind of questions cornerback 
we've seen guys who are going to be getting a lot of snaps this year and they have not looked at least in theory and they have not looked amazing. Demari Mathis started off camp pretty hot has kind of fallen back a bit. Ojemudia, a lot of OTA hype now dislocated elbow did not, has not looked good in the preseason games. Those guys are in line for snaps this year. So that is concerning defensive line. It's concerning, but like McTelvin regime, Jonathan Harris, are those guys even going to make the team? I, the way they're playing, I hope not. Um, mm-hmm. So you have four guys that we haven't even, or we saw Deshaun Williams for like 10 snaps or something, but four our top four guys, you haven't even hardly seen. So different kind of questions right now for where we're at. We just don't, there's too many question marks because we don't have the data or the reps from the defensive line. Uh, as far as strain on the defense, I, I look at that kind of holistically, you know, and yeah. when I think defensive line, I think pass rush. So Manuel, my answer to this is, is going to be something I've said for, well, longer than Nick's been alive is the best defensive back as a quarterback on his ass. Mm-hmm. So the edge is going to be more important to me than the corner at all times. And if Randy Gregory, if Baron Browning, if Bradley Chubb are making that quarterback uncomfortable in the pocket and passing situations, I'm not nearly as worried about the backside of the defense. Yep. Absolutely. Most underrated team in the AFC. Uh, for me, it's got to be the Tennessee Titans. Um, they were the number one seed in the AFC last year. And I feel like nobody's talking about them. Nobody believes in them. I don't believe in them, but that almost that almost has to make them the underrated team. Derrick Henry was injured. He's going to be back. Vrabel's got that defense humming. I like a lot of their pieces on defense. AFC South is not very good. Um, so I feel like it's got to be the Titans. That's a good question because I was thinking maybe the Colts. Hmm. You know, I'm scrolling yeah, I, down, so hopefully it doesn't mess with my... Uh, the Titans are coming in at 11 in the, in, in the power rankings for... Um, ESPN right now, which is one spot above the Broncos. That's that's the highest I've really seen the Titans. Yeah. Um, the Colts coming in at 14. Most people have the Colts winning that division um, going down a little bit. The Patriots at 16 is probably a little bit scary. Mm-hmm. You know, you just maybe I'm falling into the old trap, that old bias. It's where, you know, never count them out. You know, you need a stake in holy water to uh, to finish off Bill Belichick. But uh you know, don't count those guys out. Um, Dolphins at 19, Steelers at 22. You know, how many losing seasons has uh, has Tomlin had over at Pittsburgh? And I know, I know, but they seem to scrape it together too. Yeah. Uh, so there's a couple decent candidates in the AFC. So yeah. um, Titans are getting completely disrespected. We'll see. Uh, Indianapolis Colts are still meh, you know, middle of the pack. I... I'll, I'll bet on Mike Tomlin and Bill Belichick all the time. And they're both bottom half teams right now in power rankings. Yeah. Yep. No, those are uh, some good calls. Just immediately. I feel like the Titans have almost zero hype um, and they were the one seed last year. So they deserve it. Um, which players are playing for a new contract this off season from Kareem? Uh, the ones that stand out to me, Draymond Jones, Dalton Reisner and Bradley Chubb. I'm sure there's a few others, but those seem to be the, the ringers in that regard. I guess Russell Wilson to some extent too, but he still has more years of control. So real quick before we move on to the next one, I just saw, who is it from? It says, but it says, Scott, can we get you in a Broncos? Or here's this from Glenn. Glenn's going to be there too. Scott, can we get you in a Broncos jersey for the game? No, I don't wear football jerseys. I'll wear a, a just because they're big and baggy. I'll wear a soccer kit just because they look like regular shirts for the most mm-hmm. part. But I did see, and uh, hopefully it'll be, it'll start to cool off in late September. I did ask for uh, my anniversary. There's a Chelsea hoodie that is navy blue 
with orange trim. I'm huh. like, that's exactly, that was interesting. Uh, my wife must have some sort of like masquerade tennis thing going on because she just ran by in some outfit that made me double take. <laughs> Mm. hello um speaking of uh gifts anyway um it's uh it's navy blue hoodie with orange trim with with broncos orange trim and it's a chelsea hoodie i'm like i gotta have that that's what i gotta yeah. wear to these broncos games either way though i've got enough auburn stuff that doesn't have an auburn logo on it that i can show up in orange and blue pretty easy yeah true true that uh war eagle baby michael ronquillo coming in saying good morning broncos country let's ride and go broncos uh moving on to our <clears throat> next topic here um we have the offensive player of the year. So you already named Russell Wilson. I'm going to give this to you again. Um, but uh, offensive player of the year, are you going to name Russell Wilson again? Or is there somebody else stand out? No, because you, uh, you you need to go somebody else. That's why it's two separate awards. I yep. swear that's why they have a different award for that. Just because of it's like, listen, we can't name the quarterback every single time. We got to yeah. be able to give it to somebody else. So I'm going with Chris here. He's got my thoughts. Offensive player of the year. Pookie would be my offensive MVP. And again, I think you're talking 1,200 yards, 13, 1,400 yards from scrimmage um, and should get in the end zone a little bit more often. So if he, you're talking 14 to 1,500 yards from scrimmage with 10 touchdowns, there's my offensive MVP. He should lead the team in yards from scrimmage this year would be is, is kind of my prediction on this. Um, I just think in the running game, there's going to be less mouths to feed. It's going to be Pookie one, Melvin Gordon two, as opposed to the passing game where it's going to be Pookie and Melvin also, and then everybody else in there too, Sutton, Hamler, uh, you know, Okawebanon possibly, Judy. Uh, Dulcich, Judy. You know, we can go on and on and on and on. Mm -hmm. I'm going with a running back. Well, I didn't list Russell Wilson as my MVP, so I'll go with him as the offensive player here. Kind of a cop mm -hmm. out, but uh, I think Sutton's going to be the go-to guy <clears throat> in the offense. I just do. I think he's the talented fit. He's a downfield player, and with Russell Wilson's moon balls that he likes to throw, what makes Cortland Sutton many things that make Cortland Sutton great. But one of the things that makes him great is he's plays like a basketball player. He's an above the rim kind of attacker of the football uh, when he's at his best. And I think you're going to have a lot of opportunities for that this year. He's just such, he's not like the, you know, four, four guy straight line, but he's a long strider and he's very quick. So you double move or anything like that. And then if he has even just an inch of separation, Russell's going to give him a chance and he's going to win most jump balls. So uh, I think Sutton's going to be up there. Brad D coming in saying, who's the tight end at mid season. All of them. I, I, it's, I think it's going to be a very much a committee approach at tight end this season. I think the Broncos would love Dulcich to get healthy, but man, he, how much time he's missed this year. I wouldn't be surprised if we hardly saw him at all. Let's use this as a, uh, a segue to the next category. I'll serve it up to you first. Who's your biggest letdown of camp so far? The biggest letdown. This will be the biggest letdown for the season. Uh, okay. For me, um, for me it's, but it's what you see at camp is kind of leading into it for me. I, Okay, uh, biggest letdown this season for me. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or a girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. 
They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. I think, God, nobody put this out there for him, but I think it's going to be uh, Kareem Jackson. I think Kareem Jackson's approaching the the age where you see the drop-off it's happen. by date. Yep, and uh, not playing very much. thought you start started to see it last season um, as well, and uh, I know that he brings a lot of hype. He definitely talks about himself. He's a good hitter, but I, I'm worried about the, the coverage aspect of him, and I think teams are going to, the Broncos are going to play as many defensive backs as they're talking about right now. Uh, opposing offenses are going to try to isolate one defensive back in space and in coverage. I think that guy's Kareem Jackson um, out there. So uh, he's the one I think is going to be uh, a letdown this year. And don't, we, God, don't somebody don't clip this and send it to him. Cause he will kill me. <laughs> he is a scary man. Let's uh, let uh, you've heard me talk about the skinny jinx is a, it's a long, long list and it's very powerful. So I'm going to use this in his favor. This is the best thing I can do for this guy. Albert Okawebenam right now. I, I thought, when everybody started talking the you know pre-draft uh talking during the uh during free agency basically as soon as the move was made to send Noah Fant off Broncos need a tight end Broncos need a tight end Broncos need a tight end I'm like well they've got one you know Albert Okawebenam is a very gifted athlete mm-hmm. who can be a big weapon over the middle in the seams in the defensive backfield that he should have a breakout season this is your chance and we haven't seen that. And I mentioned that uh, Nathaniel Hackett's a pretty optimistic guy. You know, so one of the few guys that he's pulling the reins on when he's talking about, you know, you mentioned player X and it's, oh, we love him working hard. You know, it's a, it's a lot of gushing cliches. And then with Oka Webinom, it's, it's, pu- it's pumping the brakes a little bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, hopefully that's some tough love and that's what he needs. But, you know, I, I've, you've, you heard me say before, Nick, that sometimes – Announcers, pundits, and everybody are the harshest on the players that made them look bad. So mm-hmm. I've been talking up Okawebenam, and he hasn't stepped up yet. So now I'm looking down like, all right, come on, Alberto. You're making me look bad here. Step up. So the best thing I could do for him is to put the reverse jinx and say, my disappointment right now for this season is Alberto. Yeah. And we got Ty coming and saying, no, not Kareem. He's one of my favorites. Yeah, I mean... Hopefully nobody's let down. Um, I just figured that was one. Also, I was going for one there that not a lot of people have talked about. He's been kind of out of sight, out of mind this offseason. Mm-hmm. And I just feel like the secondary is talented enough of the starters. Somebody's going to be isolated and picked on. And Jackson's play, I thought, dropped from 2020 to 2021. Brought him back again, 2022. Just the trend there kind of concerns me. But you have depth. I mean, maybe Cream Jackson becomes gets displaced by P.J. Locker, Caden Stearns, and he becomes a backup safety rotational, which might fit him better. All right. So in this NFL, NFL power rankings article that came out, they, they did a, uh, someone that was on the hot seat for every team. So I'm going to lead back into this by asking you the question, 
if you have a letdown, you have to have high expectations. Who's got the highest expectations on this team right now? It's Russell Wilson. Russell Wilson. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. He's really got, I mean, you can always, always everything I thought he was, and it can just reach euphoria, but it's almost like he's got nowhere to go but down right now, you know? So if he's not, you know, 35 touchdowns, seven interceptions, 12 wins, it's almost a little bit of a letdown. I think that's a little unfair. Uh, the other part of that is the the bar has been set so low that going in that whatever we're going to see is going to be improvement, and we need to uh, we need to think of it that way. Gary Lee's Palmer says, if the Titans are being disrespected, we must be also. Um, the Titans have about 35 wins in the last three years, though, is the difference. You know, they haven't really done anything. Weren't they the number one seed last year? Yep. You know, going in. So it's like not a lot has changed other than they didn't get it done in the playoffs. And all of a sudden they've gone from 12 and five or 13 and four, whatever they were, to eight and nine. You know, what's what, why, what has changed so much? Whereas the Broncos are getting a bump, you know, they're going from 25 in the league to 14. So, you know, I don't, I don't quite see it that way just because the Titans have proven it a lot more over the last three years. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, coming through, we got Tyrell saying, saying, don't you real remember quick, that? Hit- real quick on Mark coming. This is thank you, Nick and Scott and Broncos country coming up with some big stars. Thank you, Mark. Thanks, Mark. Appreciate, appreciate you being you. here. Uh, look forward to uh, to seeing you hopefully one day soon. Yeah, absolutely. Mark, feel better. And uh, Tyler coming in saying, don't you remember the hit on Juju from uh, Kareem? I do remember the hit, but I remember Vontez Perfect. Uh, he does. That's why he's scared this is going to get back to him. God, yeah. He's, uh, <laughs> he's a scary man, and uh, I love having him on the defense. I just think he's got a chance to be a letdown this year. Uh, definitely, you. I think a good call, though, on Russell Wilson being a one that, given how high his expectations are, if he doesn't come in and, you know, play mile high messiah uh some people are going to be let down um so that's and it's possible so uh, we'll see how it plays out this year uh, moving on here we got the um, biggest surprise positive surprise i'm gonna go josie jewel i think a lot of people are really sleeping on josie again like there my iowa hat right behind me there but he's a really good linebacker and a solid player he's limited but he's valuable in the instincts the cerebral area solid tackler and an underrated athlete everybody keeps talking about him being this poor athlete i think he was like 97th percentile three cone had an incredible um 20 yard shuttle and i think his 10 yard split was in like the 80th percentile too those i'm more concerned about coming out i was more concerned about josie jewel's size uh than i was his overall athleticism because there's like one linebacker in football i trust in space against you know slot receivers and uh, tight end. So Josie, I think he's underrated. Was playing great last year before injury. He's gonna. Be, he I think he's in for a big year. This is a hard one, honestly, just because yeah. you know we dissect it to the level that, and anybody on that's watching the show for the most part, you're you're pretty hardcore fans. You know, if if I say, yeah, I I kind of have to step away from this and take a look at a national perspective and say, you know, who's going to break out on a national level? Because you know, if KJ Hamler is has a good season. Are we going to be, is that a real surprise? I mean, we've been talking about him for six months. I mean, but yeah, yeah, yeah. it would be, you know, on a national scale, no one's talking about KJ Hamler. Yeah. And and frankly, no one's really talking about Cortland Sutton, you know, uh, since, since coming back. So, you know, I could say the surprise breakout player of the year, the, the big surprise on a national level could be Cortland Sutton. And this crowd might say, well, Scott, that's ridiculous. You know, we, we know Cortland Sutton's awesome. Yeah. But nobody else does. That's, that's kind of the point. 
People don't realize how good he can be. If he can get back to the track that he was on two years ago, you've got one of the top wide receivers in the game. I mean, 1,300 yards, you know, as a, was it, that is, was that his rookie year or second year? I think it was his second year. Second, his second year in the league before he hurt his knee with a bevy of quarterbacks that aren't that good. I mean, this guy was on it. He was on, on, on track. He's fallen off the map. Um, you know, you say Bradley Chubb, you say Randy Gregory. Well, Scott, they just spent a ton of money on him. Yeah, but Randy Gregory's career high in sacks is like six. Yeah. You know, if, if he plays 16 games, 17 games, and ends up with 15 sacks this year, is that a surprise or is that what we're expecting? Again, so this one feels a little harder for me. Um, surprise, 30 games, 25 sacks from Chubb and Gregory. Is that a surprise? 35? Yeah, I would say that would be a big time surprise. If you say, no, I said 30 games. 30 games, okay. Yeah, 30 games. So they're each, you know, between the two of them. Um, I gave them one off, basically. Okay. Um, And then they end up getting 20, 25 sacks. That would be somewhat surprising. Just because the be. amount I mean, of games. Would, yeah. look at, if you go and look at, you know, they say, you know, look at the back of their baseball cards. That's who they are. Well, if yep. I do that, Randy Gregory is way overpaid. Yeah. Way overpaid. Give the money to Malik Reed. So if he comes out and gets double digit sacks, it feels like that's what we're expecting. But it would still be kind of a, you know, to everybody else, it'd be a surprise. Wow. He, he finally put it together. All that yep. talent, all of that, that that we've been talking about, he finally put it together. He's getting paid that way. So again, that one's a, that one's a tough one for me. The yep. surprise. Montreal Washington becoming yeah. a legitimate weapon in the passing game. Um, from where we started from the draft to that happening would be a big surprise. Big surprise. We've been talking about it so much now the last three weeks. It doesn't sound that surprising. Yeah. But no, Montreal it, Washington. So he's your biggest surprise this year? Okay, biggest those letdown. Are my, those are several. Like yeah, I said, it's, it's, it's a tough one because yeah. none of those sound all that surprising. Yeah. To this crowd. Yeah. I think you. Well, I'm going to put it in for you. Uh, biggest surprise is the edge rushers playing healthy, <laughs> staying yeah, healthy, and basically, being big basically. Yeah. But again, you expect them to be healthy, right? I mean, that's yeah. kind of your job. I expect them to miss six games combined. I the think two, that's where the I'm two at. Two edge rushers, the two edge rushers combining for 30 games and 20 plus sacks. Yeah, yeah. Oh, and the good one here from uh, Peter saying surprise Broncos have a top five special teams in the NFL this year. That's a good one. I that, didn't even think about that's that. A really good one. Uh, moving forward here, X factor. Um, I'm going to go with the X factor. here. I'll keep it short because we're already at 45 minutes, but there's a large slice of the pie with Tim Patrick going down and KJ Hamler has speed that nobody else on this team has. Uh, he, I was really excited to see what he could do from the slot last season. Now he's got a quarterback that I think better fits his skill. We've seen how good Doug Baldwin was been with, uh, uh, Russell Wilson. We've seen how good, uh, Tyler Lockett has been. I think there's a, definitely a role, uh, for, KJ Hamler being an explosive weapon in this team and definitely an X factor. You need to get explosive plays in the past game. He's as explosive as it gets in the past game uh, in the AFC West right now, honestly. Uh, for me, an X factor, Lloyd Cushenberry mm. center right there in the middle of your defense uh, offense on the offensive line. There's been a lot of talk as if this is done. The center position is fixed, solved, done. Is it? Is it? That's what we need to know. The X factor is when I think of X factor, it's floor and ceiling. The variance level in there becomes the X factor. And right now, 
if if the if the center position is handled. But right now, where would you put Lloyd Cushenberry among centers for the last two seasons, among thirty two teams? Twenty eight. Yeah, bottom five. Yeah. Okay, no. bottom five. So yeah, going up and saying we've got a championship caliber center, you know, not necessarily that he has to be the reason we're in the Super Bowl. You know, we're not talking Alex Mack here, but that he is capable of holding his own on a team that has championship aspirations. That's a big leap, Nick. That's a big leap. We yeah. are mentally, we're, it's taken some mental gymnastics to make that leap. Yeah. And um, is he ready to do it? So, you know, we, we hem and haw over the right tackle position, but the, the center position isn't done yet. No, not at all. Elliot D coming in saying, who are your favorite all-time NFL players? Um, I love Shannon Sharp. Always have loved Shannon Sharp. Wore 84 in high school tight, tight end because Shannon was my boy. Uh, Von Miller, way up there. I still got his, what is it? What are those called? Pogs? I don't even know. My buddy got me the little big head things. And I took it out of the box like an idiot, I guess. I don't know. I'm not a collector of things like that, except hats, I guess, and hiking gear. Um, the Peyton Manning. I absolutely adore Peyton Manning. And then I got to get a little bit biased here. Uh, Bob Sanders, Dallas Clark, uh, some of those. I'm trying to lean non-Broncos here, but like Hawkeyes uh, that excelled in the NFL. Bob Sanders actually married my next door neighbor. So I got to meet him a lot. Uh, he's triplets. He's in a gated community in San Diego. Now he's, he's doing well, short career, but man, 2015 defensive player of the year. Good dude. Um, although I was like taller than him in 10th grade, but uh, he was, he was just a thing of muscle. It was unbelievable uh, to stand next to him. Uh, Tony Dorsett was my first favorite NFL player. Um, I was, uh, I, I think I did ages seven to 17 in the eighties. There mm -hmm. were a lot the, the, the Atlanta Falcons here had a lot of people were moving to the area from all over the country, which hasn't really changed. The Broncos, uh, the Falcons had one winning season in the 80s, and that was 1980. So there were a lot of other teams, fans around here, and everybody had another team. The, mm -hmm. the Cowboys were very popular. They were always on TV with the Raiders um, here in Atlanta. And Tony Dorsett, the running back, was a featured position. And he was a very good one. And those silver helmets were very cool. And then uh, my favorite Falcon of all time is Jesse Tuggle. And there's not a close second. Uh, undrafted free agent, Valdosta State. Has an argument for being in the Pro Bowl, in the Hall of Fame, for goodness sakes, for the things that he's accomplished. And uh, mm. just one, I've used him as an example. And he was, I actually gave a speech in front of 400 kids, uh, was telling them about, you know, don't let anybody tell you no. Um, you know, here's Jesse Tuggle. He's about this tall, played in the league for about this. And it turned out Jesse was actually in the crowd that day and came up to me afterwards, which was hmm. pretty cool. So um, lots of guys. Um, I, I feel like when I start thinking of my favorite players, though, I, I feel like I start going back to the college game, Nick. Uh, yeah. I'm not sure why. Maybe it just feels more organic um, and a little less, uh, you know, I've gotten to the point now where it's like, I don't even think of them as franchise players. I think of them as NFL players. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, the easy one for me, Tony Dorsett, he was, he was my first favorite player of all time. All right. Well, shout out to those guys. Some names. Those are cool. That Tuttle was in the crowd for you. That's uh, yeah. I mean, <laughs> I, I, again, I, I, the next guy that comes to mind, Mike Singletary, you know, I, oh, yeah. I, I like, like the linebackers, Lawrence Taylor. Yeah. Um, th those weren't my favorite guys. There's some of my favorite guys to watch. Yeah. Um, to watch play the game. Um, so yeah. there you have it.
Completely. Also, unfortunately, really enjoy uh, Chris Jones coming out of Mississippi State. I adored his tape, and then going to the Chiefs broke my heart. Um, thank you, guys, and have a great day, gents. You too, Elliot. Have a good one. Um, we got DeAndre coming in saying, good morning, boys. First eight games, Broncos could go 6-2, and 7-1, or 3 What do you think? I'd put it at 5.5. 5.5 wins. That's uh, over under there. Hopefully, that's about how it goes. Um, that's solid, because you think 6-2 yeah. and two or 5-3 and three should be where you're coming out of there. Yep. That's exactly it. Uh, okay, keep going here. Uh, tone setter. I think that after could have gone with a number of players here on this one. Obviously, there's some offensive ones. Javante Williams definitely a tone setter. Quinn Quinn Miners could be a tone setter for the run game in the offensive line. But after seeing the, the combined joint practice of the Cowboys and the Broncos, <laughs> Draymond Jones wants the smoke, man. He is a dog, and I think he is a tone setter on this team. He's he is another scary guy. Uh, he will bite your head off. I think that he is definitely a tone setter, not only for the defense, but could be one for the entire team. Uh, this season, this defense is definitely wants to fight. I think there's much more uh, bullies on that side of the the ball than uh, we're even giving credit right now. That's a that's a good one. I, you know, Randy Gregory and Bradley Chubb again. I, I keep coming back to the edge yeah. for a reason because if those guys are good, your defense is going to be good. But I, I feel like this is this is uh, Justin Simmons's team. I feel yeah. like it's his team. It's his defense. Uh, his leadership again. He can be the leader, and it could still be Draymond Jones setting the tone. Yeah, <laughs> setting the tone for sure on offense. That's that's easy. It's Russell Wilson. He's yeah. he's gotten this this whole team by the reins, and and he's the one that's leading them. Um, on this one, uh, Clee comes in and says, "Work done." Lots of guys mentioning their favorite players of all time. Work done is one of my favorite human beings of all time, without a doubt. The stuff that he's done off the field with his and he started doing that right away coming out of florida state if you don't know much about work done work done's built about 80 houses and donated mm -hmm. 80 houses for single mothers in the in in, in the area and around the area in the south uh like south florida or tallahassee i think is where he was doing a lot of that stuff but of uh, one of the true uh good people in this world yeah that's a good person i absolutely have heard about that and uh, had a pretty good career there as well, out there in Atlanta and uh, Tampa. Tampa, um, yep. So, absolutely. Um, let's keep it going here. Uh, we got uh, the most important game. I mean, I guess the most important game for me, I'm just going to say Kansas State at home. Broncos got to get the monkey off their back. That might seem like an easy one. All the division games, though, man, you cannot let those games slip. You got to get that plus one on the, uh, on the teams in the division. Uh, which is why... You know, I was thinking, you know, the most important game, the easy one in that one is the first one. The, you know, the next you one. You got to beat the Seahawks. <laughs> yeah. It's like, if you can use that chip to say, I can definitely win one, you might say the Chiefs. But the Chiefs, that for most important game, you don't face the Chiefs till late. Yeah. You know, that one's that one's not for a while. I, I almost look at the most important game, taking the first game out of it. You need that one. Um, but at the Raiders. You know that first division game. You look at the you look at the schedule. You're at Seahawks, Texans at home, 49ers at home, at Raiders. First division game, tone setter. I'm I'm saying in the early slate for sure that at Raiders game is a big one. No, yeah, no, absolutely. That's especially because the Broncos haven't won at at the Raiders since. Gosh, Peyton Manning? That might have it might have been since 2015. Who's on the other sideline? Yeah, Josh McDaniels. You yeah, know, you, that's a you, that's a big one. You need that one. Yep. Um, good call. Uh, I just Broncos haven't beaten the Kansas City Chiefs since 
week two, 2015, they need to get that monkey off their back. It's, it's bad. Yeah. I, mean, I just, I, I just look at that one. I mean, what I can't tell from this schedule, what week that is, but it takes a while for me to count games. Yeah. Four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, 10, 11, 12. That's the 13th game of the season before you see the chiefs. You hope it's the most important game then, because that means you led up to it uh, being yeah. wins and stuff. Are you, so are I, you I hoping you. you're sitting there at 10 and two? Yeah. You know, yeah. <laughs> I'm at 10 and two. And this one's like, okay, we needed to, you know, it's where it doesn't really matter as yeah. much. Yeah. Um, mo- uh, best unit on the team here. I think this is an easy one for me. I'm going to go with the running backs. Um, I think Scott's not the opinion of keeping Mike Boone for his price, but I think Mike Boone is a, could be a number two on a lot of teams. Um, mm-hmm. He's a good special teams contributor. I think Melvin Gordon is extremely good. I feel bad for him for the the way the dynamics have played out for his relationship with the fan base. He's really, he's underrated, and the hate on him is really unwarranted. And Javante Williams, um, boomer bust, but man, what a fun player this year! I think the Broncos' best unit is the uh, the running back room. And and remember, when you talk about Mike Boone and the contract, as far as you say, not a proponent of keeping him. That's that's not necessarily true. Because uh, I asked a question, you know, there are a lot of questions about Melvin Gordon and his contract, and I ask you, who did you not get because you paid Mike, uh, you paid Melvin Gordon too much? You know, the Broncos were sitting on a ton of open cap space last year. Money wasn't really the issue; yeah. it was spending the money in the right places or saving it. So, is Mike Boone keeping you from signing somebody else right now? No, probably not. I just I get a little annoyed at the Mike Boone hype when the guy's had like five offensive touches in his career. You know, it's like. Uh, it's, it's that backup quarterback syndrome. Well, we haven't seen him and he was brought in, so he must be good. Well, all right, well, show me, show me. And I, I, you see flashes of it. Okay. But mm-hmm. and the guy is going to be, you know, fresher than spring daisies. Cause he, he, he doesn't do anything. Yeah. Um, and, and yeah, he gets paid well for it. We should all be so lucky. Yeah. Strongest unit if uh, outside of running back position. I'll still go. I'll still go wide receivers is yeah. uh, a pretty solid group. Um, edge rushers should be really good mm-hmm. um and despite the the worrying about the depth at corner most teams don't have corners as good as as you do they just yeah. don't so the cornerback unit is still pretty solid too but i'm gonna go not edge um i i like the depth of the wide receiver group you can throw five or six wide receivers out there and not miss yeah uh there you know we talked about is is are we overhyping the top Maybe, but the bottom doesn't get enough credit as yeah. well. So there's there's not a huge drop off. The depth of the wide receiver, the depth and talent of the wide receiver group is very very solid. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so now most um, over or excuse me, the worst unit. Uh, this one seems easy for me. Also, it's a tight end room. Uh, Alberto Cuevan, I'm out there, your starter, playing full snaps because they don't trust him in the run blocking game. Uh, Dulcich not out there. Andrew Beck is. I wouldn't even say he's a jack of all trades. Maybe he's a seven of hearts or something. Um, and uh, you got uh, Tomlinson and Sauber at the Eric's who are limited as well. So I'm not, if there's any position I think on the team to be weak at, it's probably the tight end. Um, but uh, definitely the, I would say the worst unit on the team. If I'm looking at starters, I mean, do you say inside linebackers? You could. And and is is Justin Simmons because who'd you mention it, it, it you know one of the guys that scares you he might be out there a lot is Kareem Jackson is Justin Simmons good enough to make up for the fact that you think Kareem Jackson's a negative? I don't think he's a negative. I think he just the chance to let down. But um, I think you have depth behind them that I'm excited about uh, that could fill in and provide serviceable play in Stearns Lock. Yeah, PJ Lock has really stepped up. 
Um, yeah. You know, Caden Stearns has, has leveled off a little bit, and PJ Locke has stepped up. Jamar Johnson wasn't long for this world. No, um, you know that he was already set up. But yeah, there there does seem to be some some good depth there. Um, again, there's not the starting defensive front looks good. The offensive line still big question marks for me, man. Yeah. You yeah. know, uh, I'm gonna say people say depth, depth, depth. I hear that in the conversations here about depth on the offensive line. I'm not worried about the depth. I'm worried about the starters. Yeah. I'm worried about Dalton Reisner. I'm worried about Lloyd Cushenberry. I'm worried about Billy Turner. Yep. So I'm going to say, OL, man. Yep. I think the OL is a low ceiling, high floor is how I see it right now. But um, just which are the guys that can really take giant steps forward that can make the unit better. I think it's going to be outside the offensive line that makes the unit look better. Uh, on paper. What was the, what was the recurring theme we used last year about the trench play of the, of the Denver Broncos getting bullied, getting beat bullied, up. Yep. bullied. What's changed on the OL. This, the scheme, the scheme. Yeah. What do we say about X's and O's and Jimmy's and Joe's? Yep. It's the Jimmy's the and Joe's haven't changed a whole hell of a lot. No. Yeah. You yep. know, so you're expecting those guys to be better scheme fits, but that's unproven. That's mm -hmm. unproven. Dalton Reisner was not great last year. Garrett Bowles is solid. He's he's probably overpaid for what he is, but okay, left tackle, he's he's not a problem. Right tackle is a concern, center is a concern, left guard is a concern. Yeah. And Miners is a second-year guy who could do some good things, but also isn't necessarily I can plug him in and not worry about that position anymore. He's still going to have his mistakes. He's still going to get beaten on speed and lateral movement and stuff. But the OL, the OL for starting unit is still concerning to me. Yeah. Nope, definitely uh, definitely concerned. So we got $20 coming in from John Clay saying, Morning, gents. I'd like to remind my fellow citizens of Broncos country that we are in a much better condition than we were one year ago. Be calm and just enjoy having a stronger, more hopeful team. Enjoy the games. Uh, hope's not going to die as soon as the team takes the field, like it has the last few years season, we're going to play, be playing some meaningful games late. So uh, thank you, John, for getting us on track there. It's not definitely not all doom or gloom, but uh, excited no, for the year. Yeah. And, and John, to, to your point, I'm going to reiterate this point. All of the things that we're talking about are concerns were concerns last year. There were more concerns last year that have ad been addressed. Overwhelmingly positive quarterback that's a big one yep. <laughs> that's a big one we had concerns about the quarterback position that was a big one humongous upgrade uh edge position the pass rush big time you know it, it, as far as randy gregory coming in and being healthy is a humongous upgrade uh coming in over you know bradley chubb coming back healthy uh nick benito could be a designated pass rusher baron browning looks great there Josie Jewell is coming back at the inside linebacker and, and does a lot of unsung things to make this defense better. Yeah. Patrick Sertan taking a step up. The wide receiver room getting KJ Hamler back. Losing Patrick is not a benefit for sure, um, but getting getting KJ Hamler back and Jerry Judy taking a step up and working with an adult in the room, not only at quarterback, but as your offensive coordinator and head coach as well. So yes, this is relative, John. We're talking about concerns. Now we're talking about concerns of what's going to keep this team from achieving its highest goals, not mm -hmm. can they finish 500? Yeah. So yeah, it's all relative. Thank you. And I said it a few times last year. I'm a quarterback nihilist or a football nihilist uh, with a quarterback position. 
if you don't have the quarterback, nothing else matters. It's the, it's the, it's a skip function, right? Or it's like, if do you have the quarterback? That's good enough. No done surveys over like, <laughs> sorry, thank you for playing. We're going to move on. So uh, that's where the Broncos have been this year. You do have the quarterback. Now it gets to offensive line, pass catchers, yeah. pass rush coverage. And that's what we've been talking about here all yeah, off season, which is so much more enjoyable. You know, it, it doesn't matter what else is going on with the car. If I, if it ain't got no gas in it, Yep. you know, now yep. it's like, okay, we got gas in the car. Now the engine, you know, what about this engine? Is the engine good enough? The tires. Okay. Good tread on the tires. Good, good PSI. Gas in the engine, you need, you need gas in the tank first or, you know, a good charge on your battery. That's starting to head that way, too. <laughs> they didn't even have a freaking driver. <laughs> Let's yeah. put it that way. Um, you don't need those anymore. Yeah. You need power. True. Power before you need anything else or yeah. least gravity. Yeah. No, yeah, yeah. Um, Keep moving forward here. We got a few more. Uh, most overrated player on the Broncos. This one's going to hurt me a tad. Um, But right now, I'm going to say it's going to be Javonta Williams. I think people are crowning Javonta Williams as this, like, next face of the NFL, the running back position he's being taken like in the top five in fantasy drafts right now. I think he's going to be in for more of a split carry this season. And he's got to become a much more consistent runner. Last year, he was running to the offensive line a lot, a lot of boomer bust runs, um, a lot of stuffs as well. Can't have that. You got to stay on schedule. So I think Mike, it hurts me to say, cause I like Javante Williams a lot, but I think he's a little bit overrated just with how much people are trying to crown him as like this top five, top six running back in the NFL already. Again, some of that with fantasy numbers comes with opportunity, though. Yeah. You know, if you look at the numbers, I, I, Boone and Javante were like 9 and 10 last year, like back Gordon. to back. Yeah. They yep. weren't far off as far as production goes. So if you can take some of those numbers, plus we expect at least 10% more offensive plays. Mm-hmm. You know, they were bottom five in offensive plays last year. There's another nine plays per game in that offense, just based on being higher tempo and more efficient. That just he could be the same guy and just get more opportunities would put him up in that that neighborhood so we'll see oh overrated um again we're talking about Dalton Reisner and Lloyd Cushenberry as if the positions have been fixed um and I mentioned you know Garrett Bowles as being okay so if I look at if I look at the paychecks Garrett Bowles is being paid like a top two or three offensive tackle. And he, he hasn't played at that level. Uh, I mean, I can almost put the unit. We are overrating the offensive line right now yep. uh, as a unit. We are overestimating. We are, we are just taking, again, I used this phrase early, making the leap, mental gymnastics, that the same guys are going to improve that much based on coaching and scheme. I'm not willing to make that leap just yet. I got to see it. Yeah, that's fair. That's uh, super fair. Few more here. Um, most underrated player. I said Javante overrated. I'm going to say Melvin Gordon underrated. Um, people are wanting to give uh, Javante the ball. Seems like the coaching staff is as well. I think Melvin Gordon is still a really talented player, one that you don't want to overlook and going to be a big part of the offense this year. I think he's the better outside zone runner. I think he's got better vision. I think he's the better pass catcher. Uh, so that all leads me to say Melvin Gordon's still a big part of the offense and underrated on the whole. All right, you ready for this one? Yep. Most underrated player. Uh, people like to say Josie Jewell. That one, I'm not, I'm not going to say that one. I'm going to say Jerry Judy. I'm going to go with another mm-hmm. double J. Uh, you know, almost 900 yards as a rookie on a lot of targets, to be fair. Uh, battled through an injury with 500 yards last year. The kid is 23 years old. He is still a kid. Yep. There are He's going into his third year where a lot of players are just getting drafted that are considerably older than him. 
And I, I said adult in the room. I said it twice. Coaching staff, quarterback. He needs some of that. Jerry Judy's ready for a breakout year. He gets as much hate as anybody gets in Broncos country uh, from, from within. And he's ready for a breakout year. God, you hope so. Um, I'm definitely maybe maybe you can categorize me as a hater, but I am very much a uh, seen as believing guy, and he's not lived up to it, especially um, compared to the guys who were drafted around him. CD Lamb mm -hmm. going right after him, uh, the likes of um, Je Justin Switch Jefferson. Those guys out though, and how much different is it? You know, I, I like to think of it that way. If CD Lamb's in Denver and and Jerry Judy is in in Dallas, how much different is a conversation? I think it's still pretty different. I think Judy's. Or so pretty far, same, so what you mean? You think the conversation is still the same? CD Lamb is still considerably better. I think so. I think Judy's going to have better opportunities in Dallas, but Judy's not been available, and there's been issues with drops and physicality and maturity. maturity. Yeah, maturity. And you yeah, haven't heard that with CD. How old is CD Lamb? Let's. I'm going to want to find that out real quick. And then you have Justin again, Jefferson, I, who's I arguably like the dunk on. Uh, I like the dunk on um, yeah. Calvin Ridley. You know, well. They're within like a week of yeah. each other. Yep. I, <laughs> so uh, what's that say? April 8th for CD Lamb and birthday April 24th. They're, they're two weeks apart. And then you they're have two weeks just, apart in age. So again, some of that is maturity. Uh, it comes earlier to some guys than others. And uh, Jerry, Judy, it's, I, I think it's time. We'll, we'll see. And then you have a, uh, Justin Jefferson, who is might be the second best wide receiver or the best wide receiver in football already, or one of the best emerging ones, uh, 23 years old, June 16, 1999. So yeah, he's young too. He just turned 23. So they're yeah. all, all young guys, all young guys. Yep. So, uh, Jerry Judy step up. I'm, I'm, my patience has grown, grown thin. It's yep. now or never for me on him. It is. This is it. This is, this yeah. is, this is it. But it's who has the potential that, you know, when we, we talk about these guys that, you say we, we talk about them so much. It's hard to say anybody's underrated. Just like it's hard to say anybody's a surprise. We cover these guys seven days a week talking about them on these pods. We write about them and everything. Yes. My dog is walking yeah. out. Click clack, click clack. I, I actually shut it. the door, but he was in here first. Yeah. Um, that it's hard to say who's a surprise, who's overrated, underrated. Um, but who is a guy whose Q rating right now is low that has the potential to go much higher that, that floor ceiling right now, Jerry Judy's on the bottom. He's on, he's on the floor. He is a player as much as anybody on this team, not named Bradley Chubb, who has the ability to uh, to to really improve their stock. Yep. God, I hope so. That would be great uh, for this team. But time to step up, buddy. Um, rookie contributor, I think it's going to be Montreal Washington. He's got the easiest path to the field. Special teams could be some gadget stuff as well. But just even as a returner, punt returner, that could be big for him this year. So I'm going to go with him. You'd love to say uh, Uzarike. Wouldn't you? Wouldn't that be a good yeah. one to say? Uh, yeah. At the end of the season, we've talked about needing help on the defensive line. He is a big body. He's not ready. He got picked, you know, fifth round. I think was he fourth, fourth round. Fifth round, fourth round. You know, guys with the oh my god, we got him. Don't do that in the fourth round. They don't last till the fourth round at that size. If they can, if they're ready to go right away, you're not getting them in the fourth. So yeah. he's a bit of a project. Hopefully, you can microwave that development. And come last half of the season, when they say these guys aren't rookies anymore, he is a different player and he's a difference maker for you. So keep an eye out for Ozarike, um, rookie contributor. Are we ready to to mothball Dulcich because they still talk about him like they want to get him out there as soon as he's ready? I it's hard to say with Dulcich. Um, 
just missed so much time. Um, but uh, speaking of the last one here, comeback player of the year, I'm going to go with uh, Bradley Chubb. I think he's in for a big contract. I think he's probably the team's best pass rusher on paper. Um, and he needs to be the comeback player of the year. So I'm going to go with him. Narden told you he was not, he wasn't eligible. Yep. He did. He wasn't hurt last year too. Well, he, he, I guess he, he was, was hurt for a while. Yeah, no, he missed um, no, like half the season. That's fine. And uh, you know, he could be someone asked in earlier, like as far as like players jumping out and MVPs is like, who's on a contract year. He is, this is a hundred yeah. million dollar a year for him. Literally. He could come out of this with a hundred million dollar contract. Yep. No one has more reason to, excel than uh than he does all of the all of the reason in the world um well i sure hope it's uh hamler i sure hope it's kj hamler you know that would be just an awesome story going back and you know just replaying some of the stuff he said about you know being low and 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 ready to to take his own life to a certain extent um and to go out there and just see him just succeed i hope i'm i'm hoping for kj hamler yeah, that would be that would be great um, for him to, to come out there. So, guys, if there's anybody else uh, that we missed, but first, Nathan uh, coming in here with the super sticker. It's been a bit since we've had a super sticker. Appreciate you, Nathan, uh, coming in over on YouTube, getting us out of here. And also Andrew Lampy with the stars saying, good morning, fellas. Got a little late this morning, but I will catch what I missed later. Well, make sure you come in and join the uh, chat there. Scott likes to check those after the fact to see if anything, uh, clean up anything or anything else p- pokes his interest. But uh, we'll see it if you still contribute after the show's over, but we're at an hour and 10. So we got to go a uh, good show today. A lot of fun, um, f- fun topics to talk about, kind of really peel back the onion for our predictions this season. Um, didn't write these down. Maybe some point we will come back and write it down and see how right or wrong we were. You'll remember. Yeah, I, I obsess. I'll remember. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, but uh, yeah, we appreciate you guys so much for joining us today. Make sure you're following Scott and I on Twitter. Scott is at Scout Kennedy. I am at Nick Kendall, MHH. Also, make sure you're following us at BFB underscore pod, as well as at Mile High Huddle. Uh, if you haven't done so yet, make sure you're joining our Facebook communities at facebook.com forward slash Mile High Huddle and facebook.com forward slash Mile High Huddle pod. And of course, as the ticker says underneath there, uh, make sure you subscribe, like, and share over on YouTube. Click that bell uh, icon on the page. That way you know when we go live at Mile High Huddle. Uh, cause sometimes some guys start a little later. Sometimes we start even, sometimes we even start a little sooner. Uh, so that way, you know, when we go live you can just jump right in and join in, in the awesome community and conversation that we have in each and every one of these shows. Uh, Scott, what's the rest of your day looking like? What's your weekend looking like? i uh, got to get some work done. I want to cut up a bunch of those videos from the press conference yesterday. Nathaniel Hackett had a lot of news. So if yeah, you I haven't did. seen it, I'm going to make it in bite size for you. And then, uh, you know, the usual uh double practices with the kids and then uh, a couple of games this weekend but um otherwise pretty chill pretty chill today looking forward to looking forward to the turn of the calendar it's 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 been a mild august but i'm ready for some crisp cool fall weather good stuff well i am uh on my way to mount rainier to do a 30 mile backpacking trip over the weekend uh wish me luck i'm good luck. i'm seasoned now i'm uh, i'll be okay but i'm hoping that the weather stays fine it looks like it's going to be hotter than heck today and then it's going to get down to like 39 at night uh on saturday and sunday so yay the mountains crisp you've got the crisp cool yep it's coming um but appreciate you guys uh we will see you again on scott and i'll see you again on monday morning first with forging the falcons and then uh with uh broncos for breakfast we appreciate you all thank you so much for the lively conversation today and contributing to the chat thank you to everybody who supported us as well with superstars super stickers super chats etc etc you guys are great have a great weekend. Uh, make sure you choose kindness. Uh, 
sorry, Jeremy got me here. Go take a hike, Nick. I will. <laughs> that's, that's a compliment to me. Um, but uh, yeah, no, make sure you guys are choosing kindness and choosing compassion. As always, go Broncos. Head on over to milehighhuddle.com for all things Broncos. Good morning, Broncos country. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or a girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal.